You're listening to SoFloRadio.com. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Groovathon. I am Tony C. As always, joined live in the studio by my man, IBB. He handles the production, engineering, and increasingly the chit-chat work over here to ensure that our groove is satiny smooth. Of course, every Groovathon centers around an attitude of gratitude. I get to live the dream. So mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in here in America and around the world on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloTelevision.com. Hope everybody had a great week out there, and I hope you're having a good day today. Obviously, there is lots and lots of stuff uh, to get to this week. All kinds of groovy tunes. I've got everything from papal encyclicals to the cycle of racism here in America. I'm going to have a a bit of a recap on this year's U.S. Open Golf Tournament, which took place outside of Tacoma with Mount Rainier in the background. A lot of bitching and moaning going on there. Also, my main man, Alexander Hamilton, is being, how should I put this, brushed aside by some chick? I don't know. I haven't I haven't gotten quite around to figuring that one out. Also, I managed to find an electric car that even my mechanic, Dave, and his entire Precision Auto Works crew, who are internal combustion freaks, okay, they would be proud to drive this car. bit expensive, but hey, new things always are. We'll get around to getting that better. All of that, of course, is going to be surrounded by two hours of the greatest, most adverse groove anywhere. As is evidenced by the song playing in the background right now, the Orchestra Polyrhythmo de Cotonou doing a song I'm sure you were humming only earlier this morning in the shower. John Famagni. Now, of course, this is the album version. I'm sure all you grooveteers out there have the 7-inch and the remix Rub-A-Dub-Dub Club 12-inch extended playhouse version. Not that that really exists. i got all kinds of groovy tunes for you today. I've got back-to-back Euro shredders. I've got Neil Young telling us how it is. I've got Roger Hitt's Hit of the Week. And i got a couple of guys that are going to make you laugh about racism. Yeah, yeah, I can actually, I can actually do that. Just past 3 o'clock in the only Hollywood that matters anymore, Hollywood, Florida, where it's a balmy 92 degrees and feels like what? 101 in the South Florida steam bath. Makes me long for the days out on the Big Island where it's just past 9 o'clock and no doubt the best weather on the planet. Which brings me to where it's just past 8 o'clock on that blessed plot in Lytham St. Anne's where it's probably the worst weather on the world. The Beatles once said you can stand out and get a tan and standing in the English rain. And it's just past 10 o'clock in Istanbul where I have been informed that Erdogan is in fact not gone. Okay, His party no longer rules the Turkish parliament. So... Sorry, Erdogan. It looks like you're not going to get that $600 million presidential palatial estate that you were hoping for. Fortunately, though, you don't need to live in a $600 million palace in order to enjoy the groove of time. You don't even need diamond in the back and the sunroof down, baby. All you need is a Wi-Fi connection and a decent set of headphones. <laughs> Ivy, you about ready to kick this one off. I know the Grooveteers are. Stick around and saddle up, Grooveteers. It's the Groove of Time on SoFloRadio.com.
I tell people I'm Jewish. They're like, no, man, you must be Irish. You got red hair. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm Jewish. They're like, oh, but you must also be Irish. That, that's likely, yeah. I'm the rare McJew. They're always after me, lucky star. <laughs> I don't know why I said that part like a pirate. Was that part weird? That part was weird. But Irish people get better stereotypes than other people because Irish people can hold liquor. That's a positive stereotype. Irish people can hold liquor. You can be proud. French people can do it too, though. Irish people aren't the only ones. French people can hold liquor. They can't hold territory during wartime, but liquor. <laughs> Which, if anybody was offended by the racism right there, let me point out the difference between being racist and being historically accurate. Because <laughs> historical's hysterical. I'm actually trying to show you that racism is a silly idea. It's generalizations about a whole group of people based on two or three people. To me, that's just dumb. Am I offending any racists in the crowd tonight by talking about this? That'd be awkward to be like, you know, I'm a racist and I don't approve. I'm going to die. Because you can't walk around New York with a t-shirt like I heart racism. Like you could, couldn't do maybe parts of Jersey, but not here, not here. All of Connecticut, but not here, you know, not here. No, you couldn't wear that t-shirt anywhere. I'm just kidding. Those t-shirts wouldn't sell anywhere because I tried, but... The reason I bring up racism is actually uh, very personal to me. It's because my sister's adopted and she's black. It's a true story. I tell people that, they have no idea how to react. Most often they congratulate me. Like I picked her out at some point. Like, like I was in the adoption agency with my mother going, ooh, get that one. She's tan, mom, I like that. Come on, think of the street cred. Like I'm... But I love my sister because she taught me not to be racist and that's a fantastic lesson to learn. Because how could I be racist with a black sister? How would that pan out? Just grow up, talk to some racist guy, be like, you know, I can't stand black people either because they always read my diary. <laughs> I just told like 200 people, I don't know, I keep a diary, but before you judge me, I just want to point out if you were a white Jewish kid with a black sister, you'd start writing things down too, okay? <laughs> Just keep a couple of notes, because there's racism everywhere. We tried to deal with it in New York City. We tried to ban the N-word. Did you hear about that? New York City Council banned the N-word, because they said that that word promotes ignorance. And that's true. That word does promote ignorance. Coincidentally, what also promotes ignorance is banning words. So <laughs> thanks, New York City, for helping us move ever sideways. We appreciate that. Ladies and fellas, I was hella bored, so I pedaled hella hard to a seminar in Zanzibar. Ben and Jerry tennis on Pat Benatar, riding on my handlebars that I had gaffled from a scrap metal yard. When it fell apart, I got a rental car with metal art, lemons, credit card, double parked on the boulevard, front of Cinnabar. Wanna tug a war with a minotaur, then I threw the far north on a Portuguese man of war. Santa Claus handed me a catalog, the envelope attached on it, said that you could have it all. So I got an antelope from Manitoba, salad bowl, a catapult, a can of soda, paddle boat, a camera phone, and also a berry manilope, autograph cantaloupe. In every episode of Solid Gold, the antidote to Babylon and Amazon Hit an acid wash, camisole, and her friend attack along who looked at all Napoleon When I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing When I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing Here's the story, folks, totally stoned I rode the slopes of Mount Holyoke at 40 below Lo and behold, my homie poked too many hoes In my snowmobile bills, now I'm rolling on some bubbles with spokes Had the pony up the dough to get it all green and gold Mobile home, stolen Oreo and Polaroid Some saltines and over Go from all greens and corduroy, some sardines, canola oil, all singing, bro, 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 your boat. On and on, but don't be wanking, don't be shinobi, can go be buying, Pokemon, and Pinocchio, come on the Yoki, Pinocchio, swamp, you're in Portugal, Tokyo, Borneo, and Coney, out there with the horny toe, memorial orchestra, 
with Larry White, lyrics for no rhymes, Maury Pocus, Obi Yoda, Barry Gordy, on organ and Joe Tory on chimes, Don Corleone on accordion, tomorrow morning when we recorded Jerome and Morris singing, oh we, 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 I start do it. Bring it back now. I met a hermit named Kermit McDermott with a learner's permit. Curb serving in a purple suburban, slurping the ermine sherbet. Eating a turnip with the words dirty, dirty, written in cursive on his Burberry turban. It was curtains at the circus in Berkeley. Saw a turtle in a girdle, a squirrel with a curl. The world's biggest girl, Earl Urkel swirled in a circle on a dirty gas burgundy murphy bike. I had some curry rice, a turkey burger, and some curly fries. Tried to return some Mervyn's merchandise in Circus City. Customer service was certified with shitty. Courtesy clerk was nervous, kind of twitchy. Had a triangle perp, reminded me of Lionel Richie. Someone blurted out, and when I turned around, observed. Truck turner had the burner out and pointed at a surfer. Mr. Furley burst out the beauty purler and curlers in a security jersey. Thermos full of wild turkey. When I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing. When I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing, I do that thing. When I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing. When I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing, I do that damn thing, I do that thing. Oh, yeah, lyrics born there. We're still getting snappy around here. You know why? Because it's a fake ending. That was the thing. It's a fake ending. So that's not IBB's fault. That's my fault for not telling him it was a fake ending in there. You know, it's like the hidden peak. Lyrics born, that one, care my man, Roger Hits. Uh, that's new to me, new to IBB. That's from 2005. Backbeat in that, of course, the relationship to that with some of the stuff I played earlier, the backbeat in that is the beat from Eric B. and Rakim's Paid in Full. Before that, Steve Hofstetter. Very funny line, you know, you know what? The word nigger does promote ignorance. You know what else promotes ignorance? Banning words. Banning words. We're talking about the seven words that you can't say that George Collins said. You know, I wonder how many more of those words now exist because of the PC world in which we live. All these comedians are saying, you know, Seinfeld and uh, Chris Rock won't play colleges anymore. They won't do college tours anymore because it's too PC. Kicking off the show, Smashing Pumpkins from their first release. That's from Gish. I remember... Where I was when I first heard that song, their first two albums, that and Siamese Twins, or Siamese Dreams, excuse me, both of those albums, terrific, and then I listened to both of them this weekend, back to back, when I realized they both kind of sound the same, so if you're into that, and I am, they're great, then they went on to do, you know, then the heroin kicked in, <laughs> and they did, what the, the third album was uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. And, you know, the inevitable happened. One of their guys went down to Ludlow Street. And instead of turning the corner onto Houston to go to Katz's and get some pastrami, he decided to overdose the Ludlow Street Cafe or in one of the apartments above it on heroin. So that's what happens when you use junk. All kinds of stuff to talk about today. But we're going to get to the important shit later. Me and Ivy are going to absolutely talk about some of the things that are pervasive in this country and what we can hopefully do about them and why we got to where we are and where we can go from here. Some other things caught my eye this week. The... U.S. Open Golf Tournament uh, was this week. The U.S. Open is an open tournament. Anybody can get into it. And it was held at a course this year called Chambers Bay, which is outside of Tacoma in Washington. And the scenery is phenomenal. The course is only 10 years old, but in the background was a snow-covered Mount Rainier for the entire thing. And then you've got Puget Sound on the other side. Absolutely phenomenal. 
And the golfers were complaining that the putting surfaces weren't good. That it wiggled and you had golfers whining, complaining. One of the holes, the 18th hole, can be either a par 5 or a par 4. It's a very long hole. And they were complaining, oh, you know what? We need to know what it is before, you know, we go in there because it changes our strategy. Really? Shut the fuck up. Okay? You tee off where you tee off. The hole is where it is. Everybody's got to play the same hole. I don't want to hear you complaining. Oh, and by the way, you know, the best golfer in the world won the tournament. What does that tell you? You want to complain? Don't play in the U.S. Open, all right? Just shut up. It's golf. All right? Some other things that caught my eye this week. I saw where these guys had um, taken a 68 Mustang Fastback. They put two 400-volt batteries in it, and the car does 0 to 60 in two seconds. Top speed, 174. It smoked the Tesla S85 like a blunt. Okay? Now, that's the upside. Here's the downside, of course. It costs between two hundred and two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the car. It has a range of between forty and one hundred and forty miles. So that's a bit of a hindrance towards the average person buying it. But here's what I thought about: when I was working uh, for a company called Freeride uh, Division of Mazina Brown, an advertising agency, our offices were at Thirty First and Park Avenue South, and there was a store one block down and across the street for Bang and Olufsen, and. I remember, you know, I would walk by that store, and I remember the first time I ever saw one of those big flat-screen plasma TVs. It was in there. I, you know, it's 98. They weren't out there, you know. They, that was for super-duper rich people, man, because the freaking TV was like $15,000. Okay, that TV right now, you show up the day before Thanksgiving, or, you know, you show up like Black Friday at 6 o'clock in the morning, you get that TV for a grand, maybe less. This is a big one. This was the big one. This was a very large Bang & Olufsen plasma TV. But you can get that for, for a grand now. So I was thinking to myself, well, that's 17 years at one fifteenth the price. Great. All I need is 10 years at one tenth the price for the Mustang. And I can get that Mustang for, 20, for 25 grand. I want to know why the United States government is giving $4 billion in subsidies to oil companies. How about we take one billion of that, just one, and give it to the guys who made this car? They're onto something. They've got a 68 Mustang that does not use gas that goes 174 miles an hour. Okay? Seriously, Dave Carey and the guys at Precision Auto Works, all right? I know you guys would love driving this car. It may not sound right, but you can smoke the tires good. No, I know that because I saw the video of these guys smoking the tires. It's an electric car, okay? We here in America have a problem. We don't treat um, investment, in, uh, you know, uh, what are these, these firms, you know, that, that are capital, they, they, you know, they want to invest in companies and stuff like that. We don't, as a government, act like that. Foreign governments do. They're willing to spend money on five, six, seven companies, pour a bunch of money in there because they're all looking at the future, solar panels, electric motors, whatever it is. And they're going to say, look, we'll spend a billion dollars on five companies. And we will hope that one of them shows a profit of at least $5 billion in the long run. That's the long-term venture capital view. We don't handle what we don't handle that the same way here in America. We're not willing to let our government use money for venture capital because anytime something fails, okay, 
you're going to have somebody screaming and yelling, how could you waste your money on that? How come the people that own that company, uh, apparently they were contributing to your campaign? Well, they're going to contribute to one of two campaigns. But that's the end of the story right there. They're either contributing to Republicans or Democrats. Okay? Why don't we find a Republican and a Democrat who want to build electric cars and give them each a billion dollars? Okay? Give, give Elon Musk a billion. Give – actually, he doesn't need a billion. But, you know, but the guys who built this Mustang, give them a billion dollars. Give them a billion and say, here it is. Okay, you make it big. We want, we want in. We're, we're in, we're doing, we're investing. Okay, this is venture capital for the future of this country. Oil's going to run out, folks. Okay, that is a fact. No more dinosaurs, not enough time. At some point, it's going to run out. I'm convinced that Republicans at this point, you know, all the drill baby drill people, They've figured out that by the time we run out of oil, by then, the planet will be uninhabitable anyway. So what's the difference? Let's just tap it all right now. <laughs> Got a lot more stuff uh, here today. Lots and lots of music. Lots of stuff to talk about that's really, really important stuff. It's important because you know, we all live together. This is why I'm such a fan of the history of New York. The, the original experiment in how to live together and, of course... What you wind up with in 1900 is the greatest concentration of wealth and the greatest concentration of poverty within walking distance of each other. I can walk from 70th and 5th Avenue to the Lower East Side in under two hours. That was the difference between the greatest concentration of wealth and the greatest concentration of poverty in 1900. we got a lot of other stuff to talk about, though, that might even be even more important than that. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that is the most important thing, where we concentrate our wealth. In any event, we keep the group of Don going. I've got... Blues Traveler, Prodigy, Neil Young, all kinds of stuff for you today. Drive grooves, shredders from my man Dave Dubay out there. Yeah, I'm finally getting around to playing some Ingve Malmsteen. I'm going to do it. Not a big fan, but this particular song actually cranks it up. That'll be later on. We kick off the next set live. This one occurred to me because I used to drink at a bar called Nightingale's down at 13th and 2nd in New York City. These guys got their start there, so did Spin, Spin Doctors. It's Blues Traveler. On the Grooveton and SoFloRadio.com. Must understand. I'll tell you a thing, you'll tell me and tell me 
Young telling us how it is, baby. There's a there's a timely song for everybody out there. Southern Man, by the way, there's a smackdown at Donald Trump who got uh, when he played. Uh, what was I can't even remember the song that Donald Trump played when he walked into his uh, rocking in the free world. Neil Young, of course, is like, I hate you. Stop playing my song before that prodigy. A little bit, just a little something there. That's a teaser at the end of the show. I've got Prodigy. And what is it? Uh, Our War or something like that. A really cool, groovy ass beat. We'll be playing out later. Kicking off the set, Blues Travelers Live. But anyway, I remember being able to see them in places like Nightingale. See them at the Wetlands for five bucks at two in the morning. You get in for five dollars and you got a drink ticket. So that was always cool. Some stuff that uh, took place this week. Alexander Hamilton. Who is on the ten dollar bill? And I'm a massive Hamil- Hamilton fan. They're Jeffersonians and they're Hamiltonians. And as a New Yorker, I'm a Hamiltonian. They want to uh, kind of move him to the side. They want to uh, put a woman. They're not getting rid of him. That was the thing that I heard. Now, now Jack Lou, who's the head of the Treasury, and basically the Treasury's job. In case anybody knows, their job is basically money. That's it. Not yeah. They're not the Fed. Is what handles interest rates. The head of the Treasury is the guy who figures out you know, what picture is going to be on money. That's, that's his job. And so by 2020, they are going to be adding adding a woman onto the $10 bill. Now, the campaign by women was to put women on a 20, which is fine because Andrew Jackson, you know, first of all, Andrew Jackson in his own right was a bit of a racist. Also, the guy hated paper money. He was against it all. Hamilton invented the Treasury. How do you get rid of this guy? I don't I understand it. A friend of mine made an interesting comment. He goes, well, if they put a woman on the $10 bill, is it only worth $7.88? Oh, baby. I said, no, 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 no. It's still worth $10, but the bill is going to be about 22% smaller in size. You know, that's just cruelty. Cruelty, I say. Cruelty, I say. What are the other things? I I came up with a bunch of stuff this week. I was told this one to uh, to IB earlier. I was like, for all of these uh, places that have um, the Draw Muhammad, uh, I think they had one in Texas. They had one. Uh, I think they had just had another one out in Arizona with armed security, of course. You know, but uh, I think that what we need now is I'm going to start manufacturing a draw Muhammad etch sketch. Why draw one picture of Muhammad and piss people off when you can draw picture after picture after picture and piss off, piss off people? So I, I think that'd be good. And, and, and draw Muhammad etch sketch. Yeah, that'd be great. I think Hamilton would approve of that. I think Jefferson would approve of that too. I think Hamilton, I think our founding fathers would be all over that. They'd absolutely be all over that. Talking about free speech, um, we've been we've been yammering about that. And myself and I, be after the next set, we're going to get into it full throttle. We're going to talk about stuff that really does matter, uh, about where racism is today, and it's here, and how widespread it is, and what, uh, you know, Nikki Haley now being hailed as, uh, you know, she's a hero. Yeah, that's great. You did something that should have been done years ago. Well done. Now you're being touted as a vice presidential candidate. Somebody said she's got more executive experience than Hillary Clinton. In case you've forgotten, Hillary Clinton was the first female to be on the board of directors of Walmart. So in the uh, you know in the in the experience department, I'm I'm going to give her a little bit more clout than certainly Fiorino, who was basically shoved out the door by Hewlett Packard after tanking the company. She was fired, and they hated her so much. They gave her $41 million to walk away. Republican candidates, they're the best, baby. We love them. Hey, you know what? I tanked that one. Let's try again. Donald Trump, perfect example. Tanked his business twice, but he knows how to build a big, big wall. Great. Build a big, big wall. 
I don't know if he knows. It's like, he's going to put him in charge, make him the czar of uh, of construction. We should make him the czar. I got a job for Donald Trump. He should be the czar of redoing our infrastructure. Put him in charge of that. I will tell you something. Strange as this sounds, that's not a half bad idea. When Walman Rink in New York, the Walman Skating Rink, needed to be redone, the city just couldn't get its act together. And they made him an offer. They said, if you can come in at this price, okay, we'll give you a bonus. He not only came in, he came in early, did it great. I've been back there. I used to skate at Walman Rink three times a week when I was a kid. It was, you know, a 10-minute walk from, from where I lived when I was in high school. I to go down there and skate all the time. And it was falling apart, absolutely falling apart. Trump, give him credit. He also did that for, I believe, I'm not sure if it was the Williamsburg Bridge or the Manhattan Bridge. I'm not sure. But he also fixed one of the bridges in New York ahead of schedule and under budget. Ahead of schedule and under budget. Say what you will about that hairpiece of a douchebag. Every once in a while, he can get it done. Okay? I'd love to see what would happen if we put him in charge of rebuilding our infrastructure. If we said, you know what? We're going to put you in charge of this massive amount of money. Now we need to rebuild all this stuff. Not new. Rebuild. Rebuild. Because that's not sexy. The new shit's sexy. Shit that already exists that we actually need. Not sexy. There's no sexiness there. Okay? That is flat-chested, no ass. Seriously. In any event, some really important stuff to talk to today, talk about today. And we're going to get to that later on, I'm sure. Uh, people were telling me, you're going to have any time to play music? you damn right I'm going to have time to play music. It's the Groovathon, folks. Come on, give me a break. Got a whole bunch of stuff ready for you here. We keep it going and flowing. It's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
I study that kind of shit. I do. Anything that has to do with race, I read a little here, see a little there, and I travel. That's always good. Uh, traveling has made me a, a racism connoisseur, if you will. You know, it's different from region to region. Anyone ever been down south? So you guys know what I'm talking about. Now, the racism down there is just fucking... It's perfect. It's due to a perfection. It's comfortable. It's out in the open. There are no secrets in Mississippi. Everybody knows the deal. Morning, nigger. Morning, sir. Not up here. You hit the big cities, man. It's different. It's always a secret. And we should do like them. We should keep our shit out in the open. Then a little. I mean, with limits. You don't want to say whatever comes to your mind. That might be a little much. White dude be walking down the street, minding his business. And the brother walk up to him. Hello. You white oppressor. You slave master rapist of Africa. <gasps> Why, hello, my... Big lip spear chucking friend. <laughs> Touche, hunky. So, Whitey, what did you do today? Hmm? Oppress a new land and make the people there Christians against their will? <laughs> what did you do, fellow? Burn those big black lips on a crack pipe as you missed your job interview? <laughs> Easy, Whitey, you're cutting deep. Oh, this chit-chat has got me thirsty. You will excuse me for a moment. I'm going to go to the Korean store and get something to drink. Chingling. Hello. You slanted-eyed, ruined the economy in our neighborhood by opening stores and taking the money out the community. Chink. Wow. Good afternoon, y'all. Browse around but never buy anything. Suspicious looking nigga. After a while, that might be too much. But you can't help it. If you're an American, you're a racist. We brought up from the beginning to think in generalizations. We never look at the individual. We rarely look at the individual. I'm a racist. I know I'm a racist. You know how I know? The other day, I caught myself being racist against myself. There's so much shit getting on, I got mixed up. Forgot whose team I was on and shit. One time I was reading the paper, man, this story came on about the, uh, this guy was suing a department store because they wouldn't let him play Santa Claus, you know, because he's black. And I was actually, like, relieved when the department store beat him. That's bad. But I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for the idea of a black Santa Claus. Man, that shit would suck. So we wouldn't get our presents to the 28th, 29th. Ah! Sorry, I'm late, kids. Santa got caught up with some pussy in Vegas. I had to sell some toys to get back. Shit. Where them cookies at? 
Junior Walker and the All-Star Shotgun. What a classic right there. Managed to see those guys live many, many years ago. That was a that was a real treat for me. Before that, Dave Chappelle, Open Racism in America. Dave hits the nail on the head with that one, man. Absolutely hilarious stuff. Kicking it off. One of my favorite bands, Steel Pulse, doing Blues Dance Raid. Well, Ivy, we, we saw it. We, we saw it this week. It was inevitable. And I'm going to start this off by saying that I was not shocked when this happened. I'm actually shocked that it doesn't happen more often. I was shocked when 21st graders were killed by some nut job in Connecticut. And that, yeah. to me, is a mental health gun issue. This is neither of those things. This is not a mental health issue. This is not a gun issue. This is an issue of racism. And in my opinion, this is me, this is the culmination, the inevitable mm-hmm. culmination of a 50-plus-year GOP Southern strategy that has relied on overt and covert racism as a sure. methodology for winning elections. This is how they got rid of Dixiecrats. That's what they did. And I think it started in just after 1960. And I think the reason that it started was because in 1960, we elected the first Roman Catholic president. And for some historical perspective here, before I bring in Ivy, who's got all kinds of great stuff, I want to make sure that we understand um, the historical perspective on this. In 1928, um, Hoover was running against Alfred Smith. And Alfred Smith was Roman Catholic. He was pretty much, to my to my knowledge, I believe he was the first Roman Catholic that ran as a major party candidate for president. And nobody was going to beat Hoover in 28. That was it. The market was still humming along. Um, the market uh, didn't crash until September of 29. The election was in November of 28. The market didn't start to tumble until the summer of 29. So the market was still doing very, very well. Everybody was incredibly happy. There were three things that separated Alfred Smith um, from – well, there were a number of things. But the real the, – the way that Republicans chose to try and separate him to make him seem uh, different, one thing is he's from the city. He's from New York City. This is a guy who did not graduate from college. He's from the Lower East Side, which is the fourth ward in New York City. He was literally born, like, next to the Brooklyn Bridge. (laughs) That's where he was born. He was there when they built the Brooklyn Bridge. He had been a four-term governor of New York State. Prior to that, uh, other people that had been governors of New York State that had gone to be president, both of the Roosevelts. As a matter of fact, right after that, when that election took place, that was when FDR moved into the – became – got elected governor of New York in 1928, and then he went on to win in 1932. He was actually more popular nationally than Alfred E. Smith. But there were a couple of things. One, he's a Roman Catholic. The other thing was is that this is during Prohibition, and he was – there were two groups of people. There were the dries and the wets, and he was an unapologetic wet. So was Fiorello LaGuardia, who – went on to become mayor of New York City. But at the time, he was, I believe, a congressman. Fiorello LaGuardia was a congressman from New York City who actually made beer in in Congress and then dared anybody to arrest him. And when the guy who was the head of uh, Prohibition for New York said, yeah, I dare somebody to come and do that here. He literally went up to Harlem, did it in the street, went out, asked the cop to arrest him. The cop said, it's not my job. Nobody arrested him. Nothing happened. So he was a wet and Hoover was a dry. And... This is also the time right around then is when the United States 
had more people living in urban areas. It was like the first time that we had more people living in cities than in the country. That, you know, we, the agrarian part of the United States of America, that part of the economy had been shrinking and the industrial part of America had been growing rapidly. Steel, oil had really taken over. So you had Carnegie and Rockefeller, those two guys who ended up being the richest guys in the world, 1900. And Alfred Smith is one of the great politicians uh, for me in my lifetime. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, never liked him, but said in an interview um, that all of the stuff from the New Deal that had helped America get out, he said these were all things that Alfred Smith had originally proposed. He was like, these were all Alfred Smith's ideas originally. He was a very big populist. He said Alfred Smith, after he lost the election, he got creamed. He, got, he lost New York State. There was a massive push to make him not elected uh, in upstate New York. Uh, that's how Pataki got elected governor as well. But he said after he lost the election, he said that he didn't think he would be in politics anymore. He'd had as much of it as he could stand. And what really frosted him more than anything else was the reception because he won the, gener- the, the numbers election in the 10 biggest urban areas in the United States of America. But he lost every place else. When he was in Oklahoma, because back in those days, you had to still do whistle stops. And the Ku Klux Klan put up burning crosses along his train route when he went in there. And he said that the blowback he got from being a Roman Catholic, the stuff that was spread, there were rumors that, uh, that he was going to be building a room in the East Wing of uh, of the White House for the Pope. But here's the one I like the most. <clears throat> there was, seriously, this was a real rumor. It, once we, after the nine, after 1900, they finally built a tunnel underneath the Hudson River from New Jersey to Manhattan so that the uh, Pennsylvania rail line could get into Manhattan. And then they built Penn Station. They built Grand Central Station for the Great Northern Railroad. And there was a rumor, this is no bullshit, that was going around that said that he was going to build a tunnel from the White House to the Vatican. I, this is not a, I know. We laugh about that now. But that it's rumor a, was out there. a long tunnel. Right? I know. That is a long, long wow. – that's a long tunnel. That rumor was out there. This – the, the – uh, one of the – I can't remember what the lady's name was, but she implored people in Ohio – um, priests, um, chaplains, to speak out against uh, Alfred Smith from the pulpit. Now, that's illegal. You are not allowed right, to yeah, – yeah, I know. Not allowed. We're not allowed. Still. But she implored it publicly. She said, you have to do this. We need to – and I'm not sure who said it, but somebody said, I'd rather see a nigger in the White House than a Roman Catholic. That was a quote during the Alfred E. Smith campaign. That is a direct quote. I'd rather see a nigger in the White House than a Roman Catholic. Now we're here. Then you have Ted. Then you have you know Jack Kennedy getting elected in 1960, and lo and behold, in 1961, as civil rights are starting to take off, what does South Carolina do? They put that flag up. Yep. They put up that flag, and here we are. How is it possible that people can think that this wasn't going to happen? This is a strategy. 
Your thoughts, you sir? I, oh, I, I don't think it's a thought-out strategy on the part of the uh, the government of South Carolina. That, that, that I don't think this kid represents any kind of a of a conspiracy or an organization. I think he does represent uh, a lot a lot of people, though. He that uh, that feel exactly the same way that he does, and of course, and he's crazy. He's he's an absolute crazy person. But there are a lot of people that have that same level of hate as he does. Who uh, you know, and I I think I mean I think that that's a that kind of racism is a mental illness, uh, as opposed to the the more innocent Archie Bunker racism, which is just really ignorant. You know, there there are a lot. There's a lot of ignorance. Right, this guy's a manifesto. He says why he did it. Sure, but you know there are a lot of people that just really haven't been exposed to other people, other cultures, and everything. And there, there's a genuine ignorance there. They, they, they don't have bad hearts. But uh, for example, because I used to live in Montana, there are people there that uh, black people are whatever they see on the TV. So whatever their their opinion is, it's based on what the media has delivered to them. They have no personal experience. You know, not so not so this kid. And as far as the South Carolina thing, I didn't know this until now because everybody's talking about why didn't they they didn't lower it to half mass. I know. You, you heard why. Yeah, because it's you, it's chained it's, it's chained in place. That's in, all part yeah. of it. That's another it's like, oh, so this is really a statement. We're not just flying this like we're putting a bumper sticker on here. Right. We put this flag up on a pole and and it can't be lowered without a two thirds majority ratification standing on your head, wearing a silly outfit and cutting yourself ceremony. I know it's going to be interesting because yeah. after all this talk, they now have to yeah. actually have it go through. Now this is taking place as we speak because I that, know that, that they were taking a vote way today. Worse. We're going we're gonna to see how that works. That's, that's a hell of a statement. See, see now, f- f- well, f- first of all, here's some disclaimers. I don't care what they're doing in South Carolina. I explain South Carolina to people all the time because I also used to live in North Carolina. And I explain things. Whenever you see that there's a North and South, a Virginia, West Virginia, North and South Dakota, that means that once upon a time it was all one place. <laughs> And they split for some reason, all right? North Carolina sloughed its dregs, its scum, all right? North Carolina took all of their scum and said, all of you filthy scumbags, get down south to the south of uh, us. This is is like Castro in 1980. Yeah, get over here. Shitting all over us. It's like, why is there, you know, it used to be Iberia and now it's Spain and Portugal, you know, because the Spain, Spain tried to push all the scum into the ocean, but that's as far as it got. They resisted there. And so we're just going to draw a line. This is scum. Land. And that's what North Carolina did with South Carolina. They sloughed, they flushed their toilet, they flushed their chaff. They said, you, you people be South Carolina. We'll be North Carolina over here. Draw a line over here. Charlotte, the last city, then all, you know, you know, as a Charlotte exists, you, you know, right there on the border. Yes, so, I know. Like, I have friends so, of mine. I lived in South Carolina. As, 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 a, uh, as kind of a fort or a beacon or a, a castle of light to keep a, or to a keep place to keep all of, of their tobacco In case any of this filth tries to filter back up into North Carolina, Charlotte is the place where you're supposed to make a stand and, and rally the troops. So even North Carolina can't stand South Carolinians. So I really don't care what they do with their flag. I agree with Sarah Silverman, and I've been saying it for years whether it's a fish on your car or a Confederate flag belt buckle or license plate or something like that, wouldn't it be nice to know who the anti-Semites are, who the racists oh, are? Yeah. But they do. They tell you right up front. You yeah, know? that's, that's, they, that's they tell, one of those jokes. It was I can't remember who said it this week. What we do about South Carolina is not beg them or implore them to take their flag down. Please continue flying your flag so that I know what state to boycott. When I drive to North Carolina, I make sure that I'm gassed up 
Oh, yeah. That I make a pit oh, stop well, when in I'm on I-95. It's like that stretch right. between El Paso yeah. and Dallas. I want to get through that stretch on I-10 as fast as I drive through. The, I'm I, not crazy about Georgia, but I make sure I. that I'm gassed up. I make a pit stop, one last stop around Savannah area <laughs> before I continue on through because I don't want to. I don't want to stop my car or set foot in South Carolina. Oh yeah, I start. The only reason I stop in Carolinas or in or in Virginia is to get really cheap cigarettes. Really, sure. really, really cheap kind cigarettes. Fireworks. Fireworks. Yeah, yeah we can pe- get them anyway. I'll tell you something. Pie. I lived in Greenville, South Carolina. I moved there from Phoenix, Arizona in the summer of 1995. And on mm-hmm. my way there, I stopped off at a friend. You know, I hightailed it on I-10. And on my way there, I stopped off at my friend's place in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, my friend uh, Robert. Robert is from really, really old big-time money. His grandf- grandfather started Wachovia Bank. <laughs> okay. And, you know, he's... It, in any event, I pull into there, and it's a weeknight. It's about 8 o'clock. I've got, you know, a big, you know, the U-Haul with everything I own in this U-Haul. And I pull in, I get to the house, and he's having a poker game. He's got about four of his friends over there. It's him and four of his friends. They're all originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. They'd all transplanted to the Atlanta area. Now, in 1995, the movie Rounders hadn't come out yet, and you couldn't play online poker. I... Grew up in New York City. I used to go to the game room, which was underneath the beacon, turned into the China Club. I used to play at the Mayfair Club. One of my best friends, um, Barry, is a professional poker player. I used to play with him. And I, I was, a, you know, back then, in comparison to the general public, I was an extremely good poker player. Now, the learning curve is shallowed down, you know, to the point where you can become a pro player in six months by playing six games at a time online. But back then, you couldn't. And I sat down at the table. During the course of the next three to four hours, not only did I slowly win just about all the money at the table. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the night, I was absolutely, I was the only winner at the table. Two people broke even, three people lost, and I won. Okay, that was it. But during that time, I heard statements such as, nigger rigged. He nigger rigged the car. He Mm. Jewed him down. Mm -hmm. They didn't know I was Jewish, by the way. They didn't could, know that. My they, name's Tony. How could they not? How could oh, of course with a name like Tony, you gotta be a Roman Catholic Italian. That's okay. But they you know, they Jewed him down. The public transportation system in Atlanta is called MARTA, M A R T A. They referred to it as moving African Americans rapidly through Atlanta. I'm sitting at a poker table mm-hmm. with a bunch of people, with a friend of mine and his friends, and I'm listening to this over and over, and at the after about three hours, I was like, guys, man, you know, you bandy this kind of talk about, you use these words as if it's as if it's acceptable. As if, as if it's okay. Yeah. This is matter of fact. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's just us here. You know, we don't do that in public. I said, well, you know what? Obviously, you guys aren't too smart because you should have realized I'm a Jew by the fact that I've got all the chips. You see, how, I had all the money. You see how the Jews are? Absolutely. Well, you know the one about the two guys? Here's one you'll like. There are two Jews, and they are sitting on a park bench. And across the street is a church. And on the, the sign outside the church, it says, we'll give you $500 if you convert to Christianity. So Saul looks over at Adam. He goes, this is a very good deal. We shouldn't go in together. Let's go in one at a time. You go first. So Saul goes in. Adam sits down on the bench. A couple hours later, Saul comes out. And Adam looks up at him. He goes, so how did it go? Did you get the money? And Saul goes, you guys are all the same. <laughs> I'm glad you told that one. I know. I, I should get the drums down. You should warn nah, me. That was, I'll tell you the, some of the things that kind of got me to thinking about this was immediately the blowback from Fox and its minions which yeah. I was originally shocked at. And then as I told you, I was shocked that I was shocked. Why right, did you be shocked? Expect? Sure. Of course. And the thing that, that, that I heard the most was, you know, if somebody in that church had had a gun, 
maybe this yeah. wouldn't have happened. You know what I thought about? Hey, maybe if we weren't teaching our children to be racist, you would this have needed is, the gun in the first place. This is y- yes, but th- there's a there's a better answer when talking to a Fox News commentator. You say yes, you're right, and I'm really glad that you said that because I'm starting a campaign to arm all the black people in America, and I'm glad that I can sign you right up for how much uh, money are you donating? Oh, well, absolutely. You understand that I know open carry you know, is, despite, is a, is a despite co- perception. That's right. Despite uh, the perception, not all black people are armed, and we're here to correct that. Some black people can't afford guns, so we would like right, we need we need to give it to them because we, you know they're we, on the dole anyway. We have anyway. government, we government subsidy. We need a government subsidy so that people can buy guns with their food stamp card. And <laughs> but not and in Kansas, sure, where you literally get, can't buy. And let's call um, what's his name, Jean Lapierre, or something John, like yeah, that. Juan Lapierre, the, 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 yeah. Juan, Wayne, yeah. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Lapierre, Wayne to uh, to get the is. NRA on board, and that you know NRA is not the only pro gun organization. So we need to get them all on board uh, to make sure that uh, that we have base, basically gun welfare. Um, all the black people should be armed because they never know when some gun-wielding redneck is going to barge into their church and start shooting up the place. And this is, by the way, this isn't hyperbola. This is a real thing that might happen. Oh yeah, I just, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm absolutely. Gonna... That 87-year-old woman that was one among the people there. Mm-hmm. You know, she uh, like a nice pearl-handled derringer. I think for for not, right, for a lady, two shooter, oh, per, two sh- two you shooter. keep it in your little and then your little mini purse over there, right? right. That's all you need, you know, or you even know? better, a, a five shot twenty two, something small you can get an inside the belt. You know, holster. they have those little twenty fives with a drop down barrel. You know, you just really need Beautiful, to tie it once, baby. but they're wonderful and for so the ladies. Stylish. You don't have to very stylish. Fits right in the palm of your hand. You can just grab right it up the pop pop pop. Absolutely, and yeah. small enough to fit into sure. a clutch as opposed to a handbag because sure. fashion. <clears> you know, you can't excuse well, fashion I mean, when you want to get armed. That's fine for carrying it into the church, but once you sit down in your pew, put that baby right. Right down there next to you. That's right. You don't want to start fumbling. You never know when that goober is going to open up. Hey, I'm telling you right now, God loves, Jesus loves me. But you know what? Apparently he loves guns even more. <laughs> also, once we do arm all the black people, I recommend that if a white person does walk into your church, everybody should just really take the safety off right then and there. Just, oh, yeah. Just put it in your hand, you know. And, and, and stop and, and frisk. Safety. I think white just, people should be stopping. You should do stop and frisk. They should be allowed to do stop and frisk on white people and black. Jokes. Well, certainly if you uh, <laughs> because I'm a big believer in profiling. So if you do have a Confederate flag bumper sticker or belt buckle, the police absolutely should be able to stop and frisk you because you might be an insane redneck. The, the, you might be on your way to church to kill some black people. That's the, that's the thing about this is that you can't legislate what's in somebody's mind. I've never been a fan of the term. They're really trying. The, they are trying. The people are going to keep trying. Yeah, the thought. But. I'm not a big believer in the term hate crime. I don't like it either. I, I, don't like I disagree it. with Why that. Why is murdering somebody it's out, not. Of, out of from racism any Bullshit. worse than murdering Sorry. somebody over a drug deal going bad? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Murder is murder. Murder is murder. Murder is murder. And by the You're way... You're just as dead. I don't care why. And by the way, just in case people have gotten, you know, I'm mistaken about this, the original Ten Commandments, it didn't... The, the Fourth Commandment was not, thou shalt not kill. It was thou shalt not murder. Yeah, no, because the Jews were into killing a lot. So That's they wouldn't right. have said that. Yeah. They slaughtered a lot oh, please. of people Back and, their, then, and their children. Who knew any different? That's the whole point, though. We've now progressed to the point where we realize that, that kind of stuff is wrong. Yet, adherence to arcane okay, and prehistoric documents whose validity, the, the, the author of which cannot be verified. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows, They're, you know, who, you know, and it, I thought it was interesting. Um, it was Doctor Who. It was Doctor 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 Who. Baby. He went back in the time. Ah, well, nothing like a long so scarf. I got, I'm going to play, put a fast one on you. <laughs> <laughs> we have the funny. Constitution here. We've been talking about 
how I would like to put in the trunk of my car. I'd like a big, big towel with the uh, with the the Fourth Amendment against unwarranted search. Sure, yeah. So I can put anything in my trunk. Throw that towel over. So anytime a cop pulls me over and asks what's in my trunk, I say, "Why don't you take a look?" <laughs> how about I'll just get a paint job. With the Constitution on my car. Yeah, I've I mean, seen that. Hey, just, please. You think I haven't seen it? That, I've seen that. I've seen I – saw, I saw a Ford Explorer with like a whole mm. Constitution theme That's on great. the side of it. And terrific. I love the Constitution. I think it is absolutely the basis for modern-day society, the basis for – literally, you can't take it any more than you can literally take the Bible. I, I can. You can. I have I mean, the option. Great. So the government have, doesn't. No one in government takes it literally. Right. I was going to say. No one in government gives a rat's ass about it, but I. Right. Like they don't it. give a rat's right. ass about that. But when it comes to taking the, the, uh, the Bible literally, it's like sure. fags are bad. Great. So I can take my brother John to the edge of town and stone him to death for planting different crops next to each other. That, that sounds like. Why really should the gay people be the only ones to be stoned? I also want to be stoned. <laughs> I want to be every. Yeah, man. Why are we singling out the adulterers? Yeah, the rest of us want to be stoned too. Well, we have singled out the adulterers, and most of them, as it turns out, are pastors. Yeah, <laughs> well, don't even get me started on that. I'm Look, I am. Clergy. At, at this point, another thing know, that shouldn't this surprise point, you. Half of them are the, the board of directors for NAMBLA. <laughs> There's no such thing as honest clergy. So yeah, why yeah. should that surprise you? Well, I, I think. Racism in this country has now gotten to the point where, you know, as Dave Chappelle said, he said, you go down south and Mwah! to abuse, stewed to perfection, baby. You know, morning, nigger. Morning, sir. Everybody knows how it's played. If you think that doesn't take place, okay, then you don't live in Mississippi. You don't live in Florida. I'm going to tell you, I was at a bar here, and it was Sunday afternoon. It's a bar way out, uh, something gas company. It's way out. On like uh, it's way out west it's by the Everglades in the swamp in the swamp and a band called Mr. Nice Guy was playing very good local band I don't know if you ever heard of them they do a fabulous yeah. version of uh, Deep Purple's uh, Lazy really kick ass great live band very popular Sunday afternoon it's biker day I'm out there I was there with a friend this is about a year ago and we were having a conversation at this bar there's a TV they have like the outdoor thing and then there's the TV mm-hmm. there and sports were on and it was a basketball game on and. Guy standing there is like nigger. I don't go. I I stopped going to basketball games, Madison Square Garden because the niggers ruined it. Mm. And I thought to myself, you know, twenty years before that, I had sat at a poker table and thought to myself, boy, this one's got to go the way of the dinosaur. Apparently not. Twenty years wow. later, yeah, you know, the niggers ruined it. The niggers, mm-hmm. hey man, you don't like basketball? What you you only watch hockey? <laughs> you know, right? I, I think that. Denying racism. What was the line you used? We've now, we've now made. Oh yeah, we're so PC. We're afraid to offend racists now. Yeah. In the news. Yeah. We're afraid to call South Carolina and their flag racist because oh the South we might we might harm their Confederate pride. We might you know hurt the ego of the people that that were the traitors and attacked America. The war of and, Northern aggression. Yeah, Go fuck yourself. You lost. Live with the pain. You they'd redneck. be fine, un-American. You know the terrorists are not American. So if they're un-American, you know, Arabs on the other side of the planet, if they're un-American, here's a good excuse for being un-American. They're not American. (laughs) But you got to... You got a group of people who were Americans and decided not to be, made a willing choice not to be. And somehow we have to, we have to, uh, you know, tiptoe around the ego of these people that didn't want to be a part of America. And then they attacked America all because we were going to make them free their slaves, what they, sh- they should have done. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you something. I'm, I, as I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a New York City history buff. And you think about 
uh, slavery in this country. Slavery was very prominent in New York City and in the North. It was very, very prominent. The first people, I believe, to speak out against it uh, were Lutherans, I believe. They thought it was, you know, terrible and, and all that stuff. And you think about the war itself, um, the Civil War in, you know, right now, this year, uh, 2015 is the 150th anniversary of the end of the Civil War. It ended in 1865. So we're 150 years on. But in the 100th anniversary, they thought they'd put up that flag. It took us 50 years to realize how full of shit they were. Unbelievable. Yep. Nikki Haley's being hailed as a hero for getting rid of a flag that she wouldn't have gotten rid of. And it's been fun watching these politicians contort themselves verbally because, you know, and the new catchphrase, as I said earlier, I, I wrote this a couple years ago. The new catchphrase for any politician who is asked a question where they know what they believe, but the right answer is something yeah. else. It's a state's rights issue. Yes. State's rights issue. That's the new buzzword. That is the new mantra for every politician who's too much of a pussy, okay, to actually say what they mean. I would actually appreciate it more if Graham had gone in and said, look, I don't give a shit. I want that flag up there. It's my history. Fuck you. I'd, I'd yeah. actually almost respect them more for that. I wouldn't vote for him anymore than I would now because... He's a blithering dolt and a warmonger. But, you know, they can't tell the truth now because we live in a media society. We live in an information society. Everybody now hears everything you say. It's all out there. You can't hide anymore. And you see these politicians twisting themselves up, running away from the microphone. That's it. Sorry, I don't want to answer that question. You you get to that one question. What do you think about that? That's a state's rights issue. Yeah, I understand that that's who's going to make the final determination. I understand that, you know. But how do you But how do you feel about it? You know, is that that your true feeling, that it's a state's rights issue? You don't, you don't, if it comes up in your state, what would you do? That's the question nobody's seen. Well, if it was in your, well, it's not. And, you know, I'll deal with that when it happens. Okay, well. You know what? We'd like to know what you think so that we can know whether or not to elect to, to keep electing you because we think it's going to happen. So how about you just tell us the truth? None of no. you. No. No. Right. It's a staunch no. Not going to. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a white child of privilege. Let's just get that part out there. I'm a white Jew from New York City. I come from a family of some means. Okay. So I don't know what it's like to not have the benefits of not being able to get a good education of not being raised in an environment where um the most information you can get is what's prized um as a jew we stress education that's a big thing in the jewish religion and i am super duper grateful to have been raised like that where more information is better and i know you know what is it knowledge is power and power corrupts so therefore knowledge corrupts yeah you know, yeah. I'm using the right. transitive property there. Still, I'd rather know more than less. And I think that when you hear about people saying, well, if somebody had had a gun in the church. All of them, especially grandma. Yeah, grandma. If grandma had had a gun, this wouldn't have happened. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I think that this wouldn't have happened if we were raising children, black, white, yellow, brown, purple, whatever. Okay? With a history of exactly how we got here. You want to know why blacks in urban areas, you know, end up falling into a life of crime because we don't seem to give a shit about giving them the kind of education and opportunities that we do white people in more affluent neighborhoods. And I'm, I'm, 
a white guy from an affluent neighborhood. It'd be cheaper um, to get him a gun. And then they can go out and rob white people. Right. And the other thing you always hear is, you know, um, the biggest murder rates are in these cities with the toughest gun laws. It's like, yeah, you fucking moron. That's not where they bought the gun. The guns were bought originally someplace else and then straw purchased by somebody and then brought in and sold illegally. They're not manufactured there and they're not purchased there. They're right. manufactured and purchased someplace else and brought in illegally. So every time somebody wants, that's one of those memes. It's now, we've now become a society sure. that is a meme-a-thon. By, by, by people like me. By yeah. The way, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. Sure. I, I profess my own guilt in that. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm buying guns in, in the South from rednecks who are like on tough times. I'm buying their guns and then bringing them down here and selling them to black people. You know what? I don't take for a bargain. You know, don't even bother bringing them down here. You want to bring them up to Chicago yeah. and to New York, where you're not allowed to buy a gun legally, and you can. Oh, you get top what a good idea! Yeah, I'm here for you, man. I'm here say, for you as a straw purchaser of illegal, to, um, an illegal purchaser of guns. South 90, Carolina would be another good Ninety-two percent of America of gun owners mm-hmm. think that we should have background checks. Of course, ninety-two percent. Yet somehow. Because the NRA isn't about gun things. That's no, their dog money. whistle. That's their dog money. whistle. It's all about it's making money for arms yeah. manufacturing. They're a lobbying group. I think that at some point we're going to have to have an open discussion about this. I think that mm-hmm. President Obama going on that Mark Marin show from his garage and using the word nigger. <gasps> which now, I know. Yeah. You know what? Nobody, great googly boogly. Great googly boogly. You know, that's a black guy using the word nigger. And everybody got upset when, you know, Easy e can't. Here's the great Easy e line of all time. Nigga, 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 nigga. What is it? Nigga, 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 nigga. Please, since you're on your dick, why don't you drop to your knees? Okay, you said nigga like ten times in a row. He's a thug. Well, he's not the president. The president is supposed to set an example. And he did say that. Yeah, he did. He yeah. said, you know what? I'm going to say this to everybody who thinks that 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 Ben shape. He set an example. He set an example. It's like that guy said that Hofstetter said. You know what else is ignorant? Okay, banning words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You need to. Do, you're never going to get anywhere. We. We. We as a nation, as a species, for God's sakes, we're never going to get anywhere if all we do is kill people who oppose us. By, by, by the way, because you, you know that Fox or News is going to – it's false outrage and they know better. They oh, they yeah. know better. They're not – This is about getting They're votes. not as this stupid as getting. they're pretending to be, first yeah. of all. Yeah. Second of all, the only thing that they're upset about is they, because they want to be able to say it. But let me explain it to them as if they – because they're pretending they don't know. So let me explain it just in case there's somebody on there Please that genuinely do. doesn't know. It's all about context. You've said it several times during the show today. I'm sure your black friends listening to the show understand the context – know where you're coming from same they thing also the know president. me and know you right your you know your black friends if you have any are going to judge you based <laughs> not based on i have friends on, that are gay and black, which, which were, oh my god <laughs> Uh, but they're they not going to judge you based on whether or not you say that word. They're going to judge you based on a, a host of other how things. How I treat my how you fellow treat, man. How you treat them. And if they hear you say the and word, they have the, the good sense to, uh, to take it, uh, you know, to understand the context in which you're saying it. You wouldn't call them that. See, and, and that's what these people are pretending not to understand on yeah, Fox I, News. I, I agree with you. You can, right say, you can say the word, you, you know, it's, just, it's a matter of how you use it. I think that, you know, we, we, you know, that's the thing. We now live in this, you know, internet, was it the, the, the know, cable news, meme And it's, it's, it's literally two polar opposite sides screaming at each other who both belong to the same team. It's like the defense and offense on the same team hating each other. And not being in unison for a game plan. 
They, they, you know, the defense wants to cut down the offense's legs, not realizing that in the long run, they're going to have to play defense more often. And you're right. It's, it's a false narrative. The, the, I think the right wing really has used racism as a way to feather their own nests. I think that rich white men in America have realized that if they want to keep taxes where they are, they need to stay with conservatives. And I think conservatives have managed to drum up the most willfully ignorant, low-information voters and have them voting against their own self-interest. By by two issues, two issues, stoking the black thing and the gun thing. You know, this black man is going to take your gun away. That's it. Yeah, please. They're ruining the country. They're this, that and the other thing. You know, they're the only group of people that were brought here against their will. Everybody else came seeking religious and or economic freedom. Me. Yeah, brought against her. That my family, my family, they weren't brought against their will, but I was because I was a four-year-old <laughs> child. Four-year-old. Like, kicking and screaming all the way. Until you think mm-hmm. about the separation of church and state, mm-hmm. and that was 1654, Congregation Shiaraf Israel in New York City, the oldest congreg- Jewish congregation in the United States of America. In 1654, Peter Stuyvesant was running uh, New York City. <clears throat> Actually, at that point, it was it was still... New Amsterdam. No, no, no. It was uh, if it was Peter Stuyvesant because this is the Dutch. He's yeah, Dutch. he was the Dutch. But it uh, in 1654, he sent a letter to the Dutch West India Trading Company, which was the uh, division of the Dutch East India Trading Company, mm-hmm. which was the biggest company for like 200 years. They paid 10 percent, 10 percent every year annually. It was like incredible. And he sent a letter back to the board of directors. In Europe, saying that at this point, New York City was becoming too tough to control because there were more people there that were not of Dutch descent Mm. than there were of Dutch descent. And he singled out, he said, all will be lost if the immovable and obstinate Jews are allowed to come here. And the Jews had come there um, seeking religious freedom um, because they were escaping something that nobody – can see. No, he, probably, no, you'll probably piss somebody off. At well, some that point. was the whole thing. The Jews came escaping something that nobody could expect. That's right. For all you Monty Python fans out there, it the was the Spanish, Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. That's they right. Were, nobody expects. Nobody expected. They were Sephardic Jews from Brazil. And he sent that letter back. Nothing saying, personal, no. by the way. You're not Catholic. You got to go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> not even Catholic, Protestant, Protestant. Right, right. Wasn't single. We weren't right. We were killing Christ, uh, other Christians too. So nothing personal, really. Right. Don't think you know. It's not like we hated Jews specifically. Right. Well, just everybody. Well, that was the thing, Catholic. though. But he, he he singled out the Jews and he sent this letter off and he got a letter back. I, I'm going to find this this letter. There's a text of it somewhere, and I've I've heard bits and pieces of it in, in documentaries and stuff. But basically, what the board of directors said was, "Shut the fuck up." Mm-hmm. Okay, we're not here talking about religion. We're here to make a buck. Right. And if they can come in and be governed responsibly by you right. and add to the community's overall economic well-being, then shut up and let them stay. Yeah, well, he was a and that was 1654, and Shiaraf Israel had its first ever Rosh Hashanah service in September of 1654. That's the first example of separation of church and state in this country. And God bless the Dutch West India Company for telling Peter Stuyvesant to shut the fuck up. He was a douchebag, actually. He w- and yes, he, he was. was. He was such an he asshole. He outlawed knife fighting in public, though. He he was such an asshole to the Indians that they were constantly— Oh, he promoted yeah. inter, inter mm-hmm. squam. We've been doing this for years. Literally in the 1600s, yeah. we promoted um, tribe-on-tribe violence. There's actually—I'm not sure what year it took place, but there's the Summer of Blood where Americans, uh, the Dutch and the English, I believe— 
went up the island of Manhattan, came across uh, the tribe that was all the way up on the East River, far up there, talking what, what would now be Harlem, Okay, came across them, murdered 100 of them, and came back with their heads on pikes. It's called the Summer of Blood. So hundreds of Indians and a couple of Dutch and English died. Bastards. But they promoted um, tribe on tribe thing. There's a great line where it said, everywhere the English have gone, God has seen fit to, um, you know, to, to lay, lay the ground open for, mm-hmm. for, for the English. It's like, no, it wasn't that. They went in and murdered everybody, yeah. you schmuck. They were copying the Spanish. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah uh, from the pulpit, if you want to read some interesting stuff, read stuff that was said by people from the pulpit in defense of racism. Sure. In defense well, of racism. Well, the Bible, you know, especially the parts your, yeah. your people wrote. Also, you know, you want to put a black eye on a bill, will it be worth three-fifths of a dollar? Oh, my God. Oh, holy shit, You're just shit, all ball. racist on this show today. Yo, bro. yo, yo, be throwing down that racist shit, baby. All over the show. Me and Tom Hanks' son, we just think we're black, don't we? That's right. <laughs> Remember, all I identify with pomegranates. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to be referred <laughs> to as a pomegranate. Please, you I call don't know. Me by Look, my you know what? It, name. At the end of the day, okay, you really, you know, the content of character is the most important thing. And we still haven't gotten it yet. We just... We're not there, and the more we let people like this kid, you know, it's like fathers who beat their sons raise kids to be who end up beating up their children. If you're a racist and you raise your kid to be a racist, this yeah. has got to end. It's got to end somewhere, and it's a crying shame that it took you, the murder of nine innocent people in a fucking church. You know, there's you no. Know, I need to be armed in a house of worship. That's that's where the right wing's coming from. You know, you're an idiot because you didn't bring a gun into a church. You should have been more well armed when you went to pray. You should have been more well armed. I, I agree with that. What world are we living in? And and there's there's something else oh, we can America. do besides besides arming the black folks. There's something else we can do. You know these these South Carolinians, like this goober with the bowl haircut. Mm-hmm. They you know they think you know we they're called we white people we white people always lumping they're lumping themselves in with the rest of the the actual white people you know which is which is us but they've got a southern drawl they've got that accent oh please and colloquialism we, we know we know that everyone with a southern accent is a stupid inbred goober so we can be prejudiced towards them I am prejudiced. if you talk I... like Lindsey Graham if you talk like that if you talk like a redneck then we know that you aren't an inbred genetic defect and we're allowed to uh, exclude you from country clubs and yeah. jobs and apartments and, and 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 the cab rides you know don't stop and pick somebody up with a bowl haircut like that <laughs> you know they're not well you can't pick somebody know, up guy, with a haircut that's like what we that were saying about like like that haircut wasn't an initial indication that this guy should not be given a gun okay when you get a haircut like that you're not allowed to own a gun i'm in a church somebody with that haircut comes in i'm jumping through the stained glass window oh, absolutely. that's All a right? stop and frisk that's a stop and frisk moment if right ever there was profiling I, if i didn't bring my gun to church that day by some odd chance <laughs> and that goober walks in you i'm jumping i'm jumping you're through the window i'm that's right i'm jumping through the window i'm gonna you know you. you know the churches should have you know how they have the little basket for the the hymnals behind all I of don't, the pews but i'll take your word for it the, behind all of the pews they have a little slot oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 hymn, the hymnal there. the yeah. bible the hymnals and, and everything like that we holster put a holster right there so at least, do you know, so there, there's at least... As a matter a, of fact, you have two Bibles. One that's the actual Bible, and the other one that opens up and it's got like a little cutout start a, space. Start a policy. Drive. One gun <laughs> per row. One gun per row. You know, and if you are lucky how, and you're but, sitting in the middle... But, in, but, in, but an unlimited amount of magazines. 
Sure. Yeah, well, yeah, well you got to so have those. You right can have as many too. clips as you want. One guy. The big old banana I'll clip, you, 15 rounds. Let's I'll put tell blocks you the, in there. I'm going to finish this one up by telling you that when I was in South Carolina, my mother came down to visit me when I was living in Greenville. And I got an entire speech from her. My mother is uh, a uh, library sciences person. She was a mm-hmm. uh, an archivist. So she's into words. And, you know, I was telling her about, you know, my prejudice against Southern people. I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're allowed to be. Okay. Way. And God and she, hates them. And she said to me, she said, you know what? There's a lot of great literature. There's a lot of great stuff. You're not giving it a chance. Da, da, da. She was down there for three days and I took her to the airport and I had a chance to be promoted and moved up to a place in Virginia, uh, in, um, in Virginia, uh, Virginia Beach. As a matter of fact, was where MCI had another uh, big headquarter thing. And I was looking at possibly going there and I took my mom to the airport Parked a car, walked her into the thing, and as you get to that place where I can't walk anymore, she has to go through the the check in, you know, the the you know the metal detectors and whatnot. She turns around to me and she says, "Do yourself a favor, get a promotion, and get the fuck out of here." And those are the last words my mother. Had. That's a quote. That's great. That's a quote. Do yourself a do yourself a favor, get a promotion, and get the fuck out of here. She turned around, went through the thing. It's the last thing my mother said to me in this in the Palmetto State. That's the last thing, and that's how we're going to finish it off here. Me and I be on the same page. Racism bad. Racism yes, it's bad. bad. Unless of course you know the Jews. Unless of unless of course that's the whole thing. Everybody's against racism until it gets in the way of making a buck. That's right. We keep it going here. It's the groove done. I'm going to get my industrial groove on today. Excellent. Absolutely, man. We haven't done enough industrial groove. We're going to do it. It's the groove done on SoFloRadio.com.
something for them cars that be bumping. Yeah, all right, but we need a beat that they can front to. Oh, that'll work. Be funky. You know what I'm saying? Cars ride drop with the boom and sizzle. Cars ride drop. Cars ride drop with the boom and sizzle. Funky. Cars ride drop. All the cars out there and all the brothers. Cars ride drop. I like the front they ride. Cars ride drop. Check it out. You know it's funky, 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 cause you heard it from hearsay. A jam that you love that don't be getting no airplay. Strictly for fronting when you're riding around. 12 o'clock at night with your windows down. Headlights breaking cause your battery's drained. Armor roll on your tires and a big gold chain. Parking outside all the hip-hop spots. Push the EQ and play connect the dots. Leaning to the side, people everywhere. The trunk full of ants, ain't no room for a spare. Big beats bumping with the bass and bass. All the sophisticated suckers such a heart attack. Cause they don't understand why I act this way. Pumping up the funky beat until the break of day. It's because I want attention when I'm riding by. And the girl be on my jock cause my system's fly. Cars ride by with the booming systems. Cars ride by with the booming systems. Just Cars ride by with the booming systems. Cars ride by with the booming systems. Girlies wanna ride with a brother like me. Cause they be hear me getting funky frequently. They tell me don't drink and drive. I say, what is this? Is this? Mind your business. Been passing around, laid back, hypnotized by the funky sound. People in the street see me bobbing my head while I'm checking out the rapper and the rhyme that he said. I'm fronting, and I don't care if you know. The back seat of my car is like a disco show. You would think I was a good friend of Al Capone. Crazy air freshener, who needs cologne? Bottom to the bottom to the top to the top. Cruise. It's three o'clock, the girlies, they smile, they see me coming, I'm steady humming, I got the funky drama drumming, my trunk be shaking, vibrating and rattling, pumping so loud, all the shorties be battling, a right hand man's here without the swing, every chance I get I'm showing off my rings, I can keep it up until the break of dawn, cause I'm fronting in my ride and my word is born, cross ride drop with the you know what I mean, cross ride drop, cross ride drop with the Sunroof open so I can feel the wind blow. I don't give a damn if it cracks my back window. C to the O to the O to the L to the I to the N to the F to the R to the O to the N to the T to the I to the N. That means I'm chilling like Spoonie G said. My seats are soft like a bed. They recline way back so I can get real cozy. I got the gangster tapes in the place like a bass head would say. I want bass. I want a hit. I want a dose. You're rolling up smiling, but you can't come close. My system is pumping loud. Like Rock him say, I want to move the crowd. I warm it up with pain, fight the power with PE. Tell the cops you got some chill with EPMD. This is something devastating that'll break your trunk. And remember, Uncle Hell is like the future of the punk. Cool Jay, that's my man James Todd Smith doing booming. Before that, my happy dance song of the day. General public, never you done that. And we kicked off that set with a little bit of industrial groove there. Rabbit Junk is the name of the band. In your head, no one can hear you scream. So if that title along makes the song groovy right off the bat. Hey, you know what? We're coming to the end of the show, but I need to take just a teeny bit of time here. Take care of the people that take care of me. You know who that means, right? Yeah, it's the crew of Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida. Dave, 
Tracy, the entire crew there. Guys, check out that 68 Stang with the 200, the two 400 volt uh, batteries in it that does 174 miles an hour. I'm begging you. All right. You got to go there. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida, 954-247-9362. Bumper to bumper, anything you've got, internal combustion engine. These guys are freaks, man. They will, and now they've just hired a brand new guy just for his classic car stuff. Okay. You know, it really is the place where people who love their cars take their cars. If you've got a, an incredibly nice older car and you need it running right, that's the place you take it. 954-247-9362. You can go to the SoFloRadio.com website. Click on my page, Tony C's SoFlo Groovathon. And on there, above today's set list, you will see a link for Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida. You know what? They are Groovathon approved. You know what that means, right? Yeah, it's time for the drive groove of the day. I've got a couple of Euro shredders for you. We kick it off right now with one of my favorites. Can't believe these guys aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Get your act together, Jan Wemmer. It's Deep Purple for the Drive Groove of the Day on SoFloRadio.com.
Hell yeah, that's an arpeggio fest of the highest order. That one going out of my man Dave Dubay. He's probably he's up in Massachusetts right now. This is the best Marv Albert impersonation I've ever heard. A little Ingve Malmsteen before that. One of the great rock bands. We we talked about this. Deep Purple, Space Truck, and that's from Machine Head. One of I don't know, one of my ten favorite rock and roll albums. For just for pure freaking rock and roll, man. That shit kicks ass. Hey, there's a lot of stuff. That we didn't get to today. I had some trombone shorty. I had some more Afro-Cuban uh, jazz funk stuff uh, to play. I even had a little Super Tramp lined up from Crisis What Crisis. We'll get to all that next week. Uh, the, the last song I've got queued up is from Prodigy. Um, from mu- It's Music for the Jilted Masses. That's it. Music for the Jilted Masses or Jilted Generation. I can't remember. But it's called Their Law. And there are some beats that are just too groovy to ignore. They're just too groovy to ignore. I had a really good time today. I'd be helping me out here because I need his experience and and brains to springboard stuff off of. Yeah, we don't have, you know, now that we got Google, all that's left is the creativity of our thought as opposed to the actual facts. And that's what that's what you absolutely excel in there. That of course in production and engineering. Hey, thanks for everybody for tuning in. You know what I'm going to do next week? Guess what? I'm going to try and do the exact same thing, just a little teeny bit better for all the Grooveteers out there. Of course, it's an attitude of gratitude, so I got to get out of here right now. As always, peace. Aloha. Good night, Mom. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law.
City of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com.